All right, back here on 760 WJR. Is there a need for this fourth booster shot? It has now been uh, sanctioned by the FDA emergency request made by the uh, drug companies to get a fourth booster for people who are 50 or over or immunocompromised. That's kind of the category. Not a ton of people racing out to do this just yet. Dr. Yvonne Maldonado, a pediatric infectious disease physician at Stanford University, kind enough to join us to talk about this. Dr. Maldonado, a pleasure to have you on. Thank you so much. Pleasure to be here. Explain to our audience why, if we just kind of went through Omicron, where many people who already had vaccinations and boosters then ended up getting it, some many for the first time, uh, why they would be inclined to get a, uh, another booster with a BA2 variant that seems to be even more contagious. Yeah, you know, uh, there are no straightforward answers here. Let me just start off with that. And I think uh, the theme of the last two years is that we don't know enough about these viruses as they evolve. We find out a little bit after um, they come along. So a lot of this is based on our previous experience with this virus and with other viruses. So let me just start off by saying that um, uh, most respiratory viruses uh, do not confer long-lasting immunity. We know that for sure. People get cold over and over again with the same viruses. We know we get the flu over and over again. Immunity is not long-lasting. So why would we bother to get vaccinated at all? Well, we get vaccinated not to prevent colds or runny noses, as some of my friends say, but we get vaccinated, especially with COVID vaccines, because it kills 1% of the people who get sick and hospitalizes up to 20% of those um, who get sick as well. So it's really what we're trying to do is prevent as many deaths, hospitalizations, and long-term complications. That's really the goal here, and it's always been the goal. The problem what we have is we don't, other than knowing that we don't have long-lasting immunity, we don't really have a deep understanding of what that means. Like who, who is at highest risk for getting long-term complications or severe disease or death? Who uh, will have long-lasting immunity? And, who, uh, and what does that even mean? Are we talking about months, weeks, days? We don't know. But we can learn from what's going on in other parts of the world, and that's really where the boosters come in. Yeah. So, in, let, yeah. let me so let me stop you there for a second and ask sure. a question about something that you said there. Mm-hmm. So you said we don't have long term immunity. Now that is that has that's kind of depending on who you talk to. That sentence is disputed. We've had many doctors who have come on and said there's evidence that you know if you've had it, uh, you might have lifetime immunity or you might have ten years immunity. Uh, I can tell you right now that lifetime immunity is probably patently false. I just cannot believe we again, we haven't been around long enough to say that. But I can tell you my own experience is having worked with RNA viruses for my whole career, especially respiratory. We're not going to have lifelong immunity. Okay. If it's not if it's not lifelong, could it be 10 years? Possibly, but I doubtful. So it's so this is a nuanced question. Um, so do we have some immunity to the flu virus? So remember, the 19, let's go back to the 1918 flu virus. That virus, um, the, the H1N1 strain of flu, which we still see today, is the 
direct descendant of that virus. And we do have some degree of immunity to those viruses. We don't know how much enough to maybe uh, prevent serious outcomes for many people, but not for all people. So there are some vestiges of immunity that last for long periods of time, but not enough, as I mentioned, to keep everybody out of the hospital or keep people from dying. I think that's the critical question. Right. You know, if we have immunity to cold viruses, who cares? What we matter, even if we have immunity to this virus partially, that's great. But what I'm worried about is how are we going to get the immunity that we need to keep people out of the hospital or from dying? That's the real issue there. And even keeping long COVID. So the question about boosters is, um, are they going to provide some immunity? I'm just looking at the data from Israel that was published um, last week. And, um, you know, they did a big study. And this is, you know, this is real world data. So um, not randomized controlled trials, but real world data where the Israelis vaccinated their people 60 and older and they found that there was protection, some protection against infection, but it, it only lasted a few weeks. But it did look like it protected against hospitalization. That's what you want. You don't really worry so much about infection, per se, as long as you don't go to the hospital. So right. I think that's where we're struggling. But what about the, the buildup of these vaccines? I mean, if, if you're talking about the first go-around, I, I think we've kind of reached the point where most most logical people, anyhow, saying, "Well, it's clear that the, you know this is this is a help in protecting you from getting severely sick or going to the hospital or dying." Even a second shot, even a booster shot. But at what point, if you've had a two shots, a booster, and you've gotten it, at what point does the buildup of that immunity at least reach some kind of point where it protects you from hospitalization or or serious? forms of it again, or are we destined to have to take this thing every six months? Good question. We don't know. And I think for the vast majority of people, I think you're not going to need to have to keep getting vaccinated. That's barring any unusual variant, like the Omicron variant, which was very strange. It was a, And the reason that Omicron was so different, it did not come as a direct descendant of the previous strain. So it was a really new strain that evolved somehow from the original virus. So that meant that all these generations of immune responses that were being developed in populations did not affect this particular virus. And it was escaping from immune systems already. So unless we have another strain like that, over time, most people probably won't need um, boosters. But there are going to be people who will, and, and the obvious ones are the immunocompromised people who, despite shot after shot, may not develop any immunity, and they are going to be at high risk for bad outcomes. Right. And, and, for and how much, How much? It just, we just have less than a minute left, sure. how much of the 1% of the people who are dying from this are immunocompromised people versus people who just, you look at it and say, there was no reason for them to die, they were young, they were healthy, and yet they died? Yeah, there aren't very many of those. In fact, about three quarters of all the deaths happen in people over 60. About 30 to 40 percent of the deaths happen in people with diabetes. But remember, the denominator, the number of people with diabetes is huge. So the trick is going to be to figure out of those people with these risk factors, who are the ones that are going to be needing the vaccine? And I think that's where we need to focus our next set of research efforts, understanding that. 
Dr. Yeah. Von Maldonado uh, with uh, Stanford University, Infectious Disease Physician. Thank you so much for your time. Appreciate all that. Yes, yeah, it's been a pleasure. It's 760 WJR.